so I want to I want to backtrack here and lay the foundation for us coming together for the interview here. Um, so the first time I ever heard your voice was on Jason Frugia's uh, Renegade Radio podcast, which uh, was episode 182 that dropped August 7th of 2017. And I remember riding the Metro bus home, listening to it from the gym, going home, and it blew me away. Because I was always a person that was looking for all the nutrition information that I thought that I needed, trying to get shredded, like just, I mean, like any other person in the world. And when you spoke, it felt like I finally found a coach that actually understood shit. Because I've worked with like a couple of nutrition coaches that just gave me some template bullshit and was like, here you go. And I remember hearing your voice and you dropping that that podcast, which was an hour and a half long podcast yeah. of just straight heat. And so I hit uh, Frugia up like right when I got home and I was like, dude, who's this Jason Phillips guy that was just on the podcast? I need to know him. And so we started texting. He was like, actually, you know, he's like out from your area there. He's like, I'll, I'll link you up. And so that was August. That dropped in August. And we met which I think it was like September, October, 2017. It was just like a couple months later, you were hosting your little business get together here in right downtown DC. And I guess Jay had been in contact with you or your staff or somebody and you were here and um, I was speaking with one of your admins at the time. And she was just like, dude, just go up to the building right here, walk into the room. And I remember I was like, just walk into the room. And I walked in, it was just like open arms. And I feel like the way our relationship started is the way it still continues, just like awesome and so welcoming. Yeah, it's, uh, I remember that day. It was, it was our first, really like our first business event that we had done of any, you know, real promotion, so to speak. And um, yeah, I think Nicole was just messaging with you. And I think that, um, yeah, I think, I think I got a text after you had already walked in the door, like I hadn't looked at my phone or anything. And she said something along like, hey, this guy's going to come see you. And I was like, okay. And I was like, oh, he's here. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, I mean, you've been around the culture long enough. Like it's, uh, you know, we, we always say that code, which is impact over everything. And, and it's like, we're always going to, we're always going to welcome people in. And, you know, it's, uh, it's rare to be honest that like somebody comes in and like we build a, a relationship like what you and I have, but um you know, it's, uh, it's always amazing. And, you know, I've, I've learned equally as much from you as, as you have from me. And, and, and I think those are the best kinds of working relationships. And, you know, I think as somebody who's now kind of been positioned as a leader in the space, I always try to make relationships like that, right? I mean, no matter who you are, even if you're somebody that comes in and you're looking for weight loss, right? You're, you're 100 pounds overweight. I still want to learn from you. Like you're, you're doing something in your life I can learn from. And, and I think that that's a great way to approach virtually every relationship. And I think we both have a very similar approach in that aspect. And I think that's why it's, it's developed the way it has. And, and it's why I have so much respect for what you guys do. Um, because you guys go out and you're constantly helping people, but you're not just helping people. You're, you're not like resting on your, on your laurels, right? Like you're, you're literally like, you're, you're trying to be better every single day. Yeah. And, and you guys are trying to be better coaches, you're trying to be better people, you're trying to serve at a higher level. And, and I think that that's what's, what's super cool. And I think it's why we're here having this conversation, because we're, we're all on that mission, right? And I think yeah. that that's, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was so great. I had never met you. And here you have these signed copies of these Lewis Howes books. Um, yeah. 
the mask. Um, mask and masculinity. Yeah, and you were just like, dude, here you go. You've just been such a giver from from the beginning, uh, from you from when you entered this space. And I gravitated towards. I was like, this this guy speaks my language. And you're, you're exactly right. We're we're in a position just to continue to give and to and to help others. And you just were the pinnacle of that. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate yeah. that. It's uh, yeah, it, it it brings back memories, man. It's just crazy. You sent me a text the other day. You actually sent me a screenshot of us being at your gym. I think three years ago. Yeah. And you reminded me how much things have grown, which is incredibly humbling. Um. You know, obviously, for those that don't know, like I'm, we're recording this the morning after I just presented a level one, and um, it's it's crazy to me, first of all, that now we're doing it on Zoom. Now that we've got you know, sixty plus people attending on Zoom, and we had like you know eighty people in that room in DC, and it's just like it's still mind blowing to me at times. Like, they actually brought me to tears yesterday at like one of the breaks, and they were like, you know, telling me how it just has changed their life and like how much of our stuff they've consumed, and I, it's just. Like the people that don't know my story and, and nobody does because I'm just I'm very obscure in this my world. Next like question, pull back on that because we that is crucial to. Oh, okay. Okay, I won't I won't get into all that. Then I'll let you. But for yeah. those that don't know my story, like it come from very humbly beginnings. Like I'll yeah, say that. Like, there, man. Extremely the cornerstone. Extremely humble beginnings. Please, please share that. I mean, that's that's my next question of just like, you know, from we talked about three years ago of two thousand. 18 when we were in the gym here back that up a little bit i was in austin texas with you and of course hearing that jay Ferruja podcast just hearing your story i was like this guy just it's deep within him so like please i mean it's it's who you are so please share it yeah i mean my journey in the, i used to say my journey in the health and fitness is different than a lot of people but I, as i get deeper and deeper in the space i think it's less and less different um i just don't think it's discussed as not been, uh, discussed as much and i think that's why i try to be as open about it as i can be but you know um i'm 36 and so 18 years ago um you know when i was i just graduated high school i was in that time between high school and college and um i actually developed a full-blown eating disorder um and and i was full-blown anorexic i was you know um i'm five nine uh and i was 118 pounds and so you can imagine how small i was and um eating disorders are, are terrible i would never wish them on my worst enemy um you know to this day like you and i have discussions like i i, I don't think you ever fully overcome an eating disorder i think you learn to channel it and i think you learn to to manage it but i don't think you ever rewire your brain right like and, and that's what people don't understand eating disorders are nervous system disorders um like clinical definition you know a clinical term of anorexia is anorexia nervosa right? It's, it's a nervous system disorder. And so, um, I don't think you ever lose it. And, and I still, as a leader in the health and fitness space, I still struggle with some body image stuff at times. And, and I'm pretty open about it, um, and how it manifests in my life, but it was really bad at that time. Um, so much so that I, I contemplated ending my life because of it. And it, um, it, overcoming that was the greatest thing ever. Like, like it was the most freeing thing ever at the time. And, uh, I committed in that moment. I said, I'm, I'm just going to pay it forward. I'm going to help as many people as possible. And I didn't know it then, but I was living the being of, of the code that I live by now, which is impact over everything. And so, um, yeah, I transferred schools, man. I changed my major. I, I was, I was all in. And I, I remember, dude, if you would listen to me talk about health and fitness, I would talk your ear off. Um, and you know, it lit me up. It was everything. I, 
Uh, I helped the frat boys at Florida State. I helped the girls that live next door. Like, you name it, dude. Like, I, I would help anybody if you would listen. Like, I, my job in college, I ran a supplement shop and we had our own transformation thing. And, um, you know, everyone, like, 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 I remember the owner was like, who are you? Like, you're like, why do you like this job so much? Because I think it only paid like seven bucks an hour. And I was just so lit up. Like, I loved being the dude that opened it every day because it was inside him. And so I got to interact with all the gym people. And I, I just... I loved it, man. Like I really did. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it seems like that would be like the beginning of an amazing story, but you know, coming out of that, I, I found a little bit of success. I was really fortunate, uh, right place, right time. Um, you know, I got a sponsorship with like bodybuilding.com and optimum, like, and, and I had some cool things and, um, you know, that was like the really early part of when this whole internet coaching became a thing. And so I was one of the first people to the space um, but I sucked and I, I was not nearly able to back up the claims that, that I can make. Right. And I, I, I probably knew at that time more than any coach in the space, like knowledge wise, I could sit down, we could recite textbooks back and forth and I would win every time. But like, when it came to client results, I was like, I was struggling a little bit. And I was like, I couldn't, I really couldn't figure out why. And so I was frustrated and, and it, that led to like half-hearted efforts of like actually doing this. And, you know, at some point you got to get a job. So, you know, I had these jobs and man, I'm a terrible employee. So I probably got fired from every job because really, because I just didn't like it. And, you know, so I, I mean, dude, I went through this like tumultuous time of like six years where I was like in and out of jobs, couldn't keep one. Like my parents were really concerned about me. They're like, you have no future. And, um, you know, I'll never forget. I, uh, I, t- I took this job uh, running a big fitness facility in Arizona. Um, one of the most well-known uh, CrossFit training companies in the world. And I actually went out there to be their nutrition coach at first. And they wanted me to coach athletes. And, and it was great because I was amazing at fueling athletes. I just, I didn't want to do the physique thing anymore. And so it was awesome. And I went there and like my business brain kicked in and I was like, well, I'm like, I, I've never run a business, but I'm telling you, you're leaving a ton of money on the table. And they were like, well, tell me more. And I was like, well, you could do this and this. And I think you'd make a lot more money. And so they like, they let me, you know, run a promo for their business. And I think we made something like $200,000 in a week. And they were like, uh, they're like, you should, you should come run this business for us. And I was like, okay. And I, mind you, I had no GM experience. I had no business ownership experience, but I was like, I think I could do this. And so they hired me and and it was cool. Like, it was like, I cut my teeth there and like, you know, um, on running a business and and I, I I grew them a hundred percent in four months, um, which they were already $3 million company. So I think we got to like a little bit over 6 million inside, Hmm. uh, inside of that timeframe. And I didn't love it. You know, um, I didn't love running someone else's business. Right. I think that's what it came down to. And so, I'll never forget. I was on a plane. I was going from Scottsdale, Arizona, Michigan. And the whole flight, this dude was like trying to get my attention. And I was like, I, if you've ever been around me, you know, I'm kind of like a recluse. Like I don't really want to talk. And so I was trying to like avoid him. And I was just, uh, I was just kind of like focusing forward. And he finally got my attention and he was like, uh, he starts asking me all these nutrition questions. And I, I just engaged with him for whatever reason. And I, by the end of the flight, I was, uh, I was just lit up, man. It was amazing. I was like, this is cool. Like I, I just made this guy's life. And 
I, I don't know, man. Like I, I can't, I, to this day, I can't tell you what came over me. Yeah. But I grabbed, I grabbed my phone, like just wrote an email and I sent in my resignation from this like $200,000 job. I'm like, I'm out. And, and that was it. That was, I call it my all in moment, right? I call it my all in moment. And that was the minute where I said, I'm only going to help people. And, uh, three months later I was flat broke. Um, I couldn't afford this cup of coffee, but I stayed committed out. And, you know, shortly thereafter, I built the company that, that you came into and you saw, um, I built a $3 million consulting company, um, in the nutrition coaching space. And, and now I help coaches do what we did which just build six and seven figure companies. And so it's, it's been, it's a wild ride, dude, but uh, that's, that's a short version of a very long story. I, I love it. I can listen to your story all the time and I would advise everybody that watches us to go back and listen to that renegade radio podcast. Cause I think you just yeah, that was a good one. out of the park episode 182 from 2017. And one thing that like you, you hit on in that, which you didn't even bring up here was like the Abercrombie model days. I mean, that was like a big thing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you really destroyed yourself to like get abs. Like you had no yeah. idea. You mentioned earlier, just like how small you were at five, mm-hmm. nine and we're, we're health conscious, if you will. Um, but like, why are abs held so high in this like, golden glove and perceived as like the pinnacle of health and fitness. Like what's that all about? Yeah, it's interesting, man. Um, so I mentioned I developed an eating disorder. The reason I developed the eating disorder was the pursuit of abs. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was a golfer. Um, I was very highly ranked. Like, I, I mean, had I not gotten injured, I, I wonder where my life would be. Like, I think I'd be playing on the PGA tour today. Like I was, I was really good. Um, and yeah, like Abercrombie asked me to model for them. And, and you know, the, the line that sticks with me to this day, like I could, I could paint the picture for you. Um, but the woman said to me, she's like, make sure when you send me pictures, you send me a, a picture of your abs. And I was like, and we all know like what Abercrombie is known for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're like, I mean, ripped and yeah. I mean, I had like the face and the hair and like the, on all that, but I certainly didn't have the body. Like number one, I'd never lifted a weight. So I didn't have a muscle like anywhere, like weights were entirely too heavy for me. Um, like the only thing I picked up was golf clubs and like, I ate like a horrible American. Like I ate pizza and chicken fingers and fucking Mac and cheese. Like, like my favorite thing in high school was I would eat a box of Mac and cheese at 10 30 at night before going to bed. Like I was just that kid. And so I, I just, you know, I didn't have it. And, and I asked everybody, how do I get abs? How do I get abs? And it, somebody, he was my pediatrician, really good family friend, amazing human being. Um, and he was like, yeah, just, it's all nutrition. Just like read the magazines. It'll tell you like what to eat, what not to eat. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So, you know, immediately like OCD me, like I ran to the bookstore and I bought like men's health, men's fitness, muscle and fitness, flex, Ironman, muscle mag, muscular development. Like, I think I had, I think my parents questioned, um, a lot about my life at that time um, because I had like stacks of magazines of half naked men. Um, and my parents were like, okay, like, what are we about to find out about our son? Um, so, you know, that was, uh, yeah. Like, so, but the crazy part was I read everything and all it said was don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this. Like I never read do this, do that. Right. And so I had this whole list of things I shouldn't be doing And I basically had fear around food. And so I had built this like equation in my brain that if you consume this, then you get fat. 
And, and I mean, I remember times like beating myself up, like, like literally telling myself I was a failure. I had a job at Best Buy and I remember vividly on the way to Best Buy one time, never shared this story. I had like, I don't know, like cheese and crackers and something else, right? And I'm on my way to Best Buy, you know, like that feeling you get like when you eat, just like that satiety in your stomach, like you're not fat, there's just satiety, right? On and off. I equated that satiety was fat. And I recalled in a magazine article that cheese could make you fat. And so like, I literally, as I'm driving, pinched like a piece of my belly and was like, you horrible motherfucker, why did you eat that? Like, that's, that's, the, that's the dialogue I had at 19 years old. And I was like, like, I look back now, I'm like, what the fuck? But that was the reality I was living. So listen, we live in a vanity world. We live in, we live in a world where we seek external validation um, and, and freely admitted, like I'm 36, the first 35 and a half years of my life, that was my biggest downfall until I learned that. Like, you know, we're, we're just coming out of the pandemic, right? And I tell everybody that the pandemic was just an amplifier. It shined a light on your greatest strengths and your biggest weaknesses. And it also gave us a lot of space and a lot of time to get quiet. And I think there's gonna be a really cool story that happens in the next decade. And I'm excited to be one of like the success stories because for me, the space and the, and the stillness that was created allowed me to really assess who I was, not what my business was doing, not what my relationships were, but who Jason was. And I, I really dug deep and I found this and I said, we've had awareness that external validation is a problem, but are you going to fix it? Right. And that was the question I asked myself, are you finally going to fucking fix it? And, and I think that any human that is chasing vanity is totally okay. Like it is 1 million percent okay to want to look good. It is not okay to want to look good and then expect the compliments and the remuner like the remuneration that comes with it. That is not okay. Yeah. And, and that, unfortunately, most people are looking for, right? We have conversation after conversation. We ask, we ask somebody, you know, people come to us all the time as health professionals. Do you want to lose weight? Yeah, like they want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? They don't really know the answer. So Mrs. Jones, if I snap my fingers and you wake up tomorrow morning and you're 20 pounds down, are you happy? And she says, yes. And I said, let me, you, let me finish. I slap my fingers, you're 20 pounds down, but you look in the mirror and nothing has changed. You go to put your dress on, it still fits the same way. Your husband still walks by you and doesn't even notice you and your friends don't treat you any differently. Are you still happy? And she's like, no. So it was never a weight loss journey in the first place. Yeah. And yet there's this component of external validation that we're continuing to seek. And I really believe that the journey of mastery starts inside of yourself. And I think that when you can understand, and listen, I'm not telling you you should be overweight and be accepting of being overweight. That's not healthy. It's not allowing you to serve long-term. Like that's not my message. My message is accepting that the reason that you're in a position of needing to change your health is that you put yourself there and only you can put yourself out of there. And it's not somebody's like excitement. It's not somebody's validation of you becoming a fitter version or healthier version of yourself. It's you desiring to simply be a better version of yourself. And when you take on that mindset, all of a sudden shit starts to happen.
right? Yep. And, and I think that so much of that just comes from this time frame. It's really interesting because if you guys, if you saw like I posted on social media this morning, I wrote out my first speech for the upcoming event we have in June. And literally the two, like I woke up to two words that pierced me this morning. And they were really simple. I'm trying. And I was like, fuck those words. Like we're not trying, right? Because in every situation in life, there's what we call a gap. There's where we are today and there's where we want to get to, right? One of my mentors referenced this as the fuck you gap. I'm not going to go that far, right? But the two words that live in that gap of people that are failing are I'm trying. The two words that live in that gap of people that are succeeding are I'm doing. And there's so many people that want to say, I'm trying. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're simply covering up some level of lack of commitment or some level of lack of execution. And you're using the cover up of I'm trying and that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person, but imagine if you can master yourself enough to stop lying to yourself, telling yourself the story that you're trying when in reality, you just face the facts that you're simply not doing the work. And I think if all humans can come to this realization instantly things get better because I'm not telling you it's going to change overnight. This is the hardest work you will ever have to do. You didn't get to where you are yesterday. You're not going to get to where you want to be tomorrow. It's a time commitment. But when you can shift, I'm trying to, I'm doing everything changes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look at the self-help book selection and in bookstores and online and who's writing them. I mean, it's an ever growing business, just like, the supplement business, if you will. Right. Yeah. It, it just keeps growing larger and larger. That's huge, man. Thanks for sharing that. That that's big. Absolutely. That's absolutely a big mind shift. Well, dude, if you would have asked me at that point in my life that, that I would ever change somebody's life, like I would have laughed at you. And, and the crazy part is if you would have asked my, my family, if you would have asked my parents, my sisters, my brother, they'd be like, yeah, right. They'd right. be like, They'd be like, he's not doing that. Yeah. Like nobody would have said that. So it's Change yourself first. Exactly. And and that's what I, I guess that's really like the foundation of it is, and I never realized I was doing it, by the way. Right. Like it's it's not like I have this like grand vision of waking up one day and I'm like, I need to change myself so that I can change the world. Right. I was like, I just had to, right? I was kind of put in this position where it's like, Either you change or you suck at everything. Yeah. And I, I, I had to hit rock bottom, right? Um, and I've hit rock bottom several times and that's okay. Um, but I think at that time when you build awareness, then I think you could share with other people, right? Like there's these phases you have to go through. Like you really have to go through this change, but then you have to become aware of the change that you've created. And, and with that awareness now, I think you really can help people. So it's a crazy journey, man, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It is. It is wild. I mean, wow. Yeah, but you you do have in order to bounce high, you got to hit rock bottom. Yeah, cover yourself. Absolutely. And I, I I don't. It's it's always weird, right? And I, I'm sure you understand this as a coach. I don't ever want to tell someone to hit rock bottom. Exactly. But at the same time, as a coach, I know it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't ever want to push you there, right. but I certainly am not afraid of it, right? And so there's this like weird dichotomy of like, how do you do it? And I mean, you're familiar. I worked with Garrett White. And Garrett White's whole premise of Warrior Week 
is to take you to rock bottom, right? Is, is he knew, he knew early on, you have to experience rock bottom to get to where you want to be. And so warrior week is an acceleration of you hitting rock bottom and turning things around. And I never really understood that until after I went. Right. And even after going, I didn't understand it until later when I was able to just conceptualize it all. And, and it's crazy. And now I understand why it has worked so well for so many men, but it also doesn't work because a lot of people are not ready to hit rock bottom. Yeah. Right. A lot of people are not ready to experience that. And they're certainly not equipped with the power to escape it. Um, and that's, that's scary too. So I think, you know, that's where the whole patience things comes in. And, and as a coach, that's one of the most difficult things to have as a client. It's certainly the most difficult thing to have. So, um, yeah, dude, I mean, we yeah. could, we could talk philosophically about the journey oh. forever and I think we'll oh, never that. uncover enough. I think that it's, you know, um, hopefully anybody that hears this as a client, they're like, wow, there's so much more to this than just training and eating. Um, yeah. and, and that's really what I want everyone to take away. So, man, I feel like we can spin in multiple directions off this. I do kind of want to back up to um, kind of where your story was, where you got in the CrossFit world, because that's where you kind of made a name for yourself. Um, and I kind of want to segue that into recovery because that's kind of where things are. And that's, I believe that's what, a lot of what you dealt with. So you spent a yeah. lot of time in the CrossFit world. Um, and I remember you talking a lot about recovery on that, um, that podcast and just how fitness has gone from zero to we can skip over hundred and call it 1000 these days, because it's absolutely intense and wild. And you actually mentioned that podcast where like Fran used to be like the workout and now it's like a warm up, Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. what did you see in that space in like that time now, where do you see in fitness now? What did you learn in there? And how did that shape shift things with recovery going forward for you and the understanding of application? Yeah. So to, to this day, outside of NCI, I don't think there's anything written on this. I really don't. And I think that that's really underserving the community. Um, I experienced, so I, I really believe I was put on this earth to go through some difficult shit to serve others. Like it's the way I attack my life. And so after overcoming anorexia, after overcoming being super broke, I was now put in this position where I had to learn what it's like to be a massively under athlete and what are and potentially how to fix it. And so I learned it all firsthand. And, and I, as a coach, I went into CrossFit and, and by the way, like, CrossFit came into my life because I was just bored with the physique industry, right? I had lived it. I had coached people. I just was bored of like going and doing bicep curls and bench press, right? And so I, I woke up like on a, on a Saturday and I was like, hey, there's a free trial class at like the local CrossFit gym. So I'm going to go do CrossFit. And I went and I was hooked on like, yeah, like I wanted to win, right? I'm a competitor inside. So I'm like, this is fun. I get to compete. And so I kept doing it. And then I finally like, I loved it. I was getting good. Um, I was getting good. I'll use that in, in air quotes, right? I was getting better. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to hire a coach. Cause I believe in coaching. And he had me doing, he's like, dude, your, your initial test scores are really good. Like, I think you can get to the next level, like regionals. And I was like, awesome. Like I was really excited about that. And so he had me doing like two training sessions a day. Well, the problem was I was fueling those two training sessions. Like I was a bodybuilder. So I was in a small calorie deficit. I was really excited because I was putting on muscle. because There's a lot of volume across it. People don't realize like those guys are jacked because they do a ton of volume um, and you're lean because you're doing a lot of like high intensity activity. So I was loving my physique in the beginning and all of a sudden, like the gains I was experiencing out of nowhere, like hit a wall. 
and not just the gains, but my motivation. And I'll never forget like the day that sticks out of my mind is, you know me, dude, I love the back squat. So over the weekend, I, I reposted my video. I hit 405 for 20, like still something I'm really proud of. But I remember I went into that gym and I put a barbell on the rack and it was back squat day. And I loaded 135 on each side, unracked the barbell, did one rep, re-racked the barbell, didn't even take the weights off and left the gym. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And I went home and I took a nap. I didn't go to the gym the next day and I didn't go the next day. And I asked myself, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I mean, like, I'm paying a coach $600 a month. I've done this activity two days, like two times a day, every day for months. I'm like a month and a half out of the most important phase of my life, right? It was the, and I, I can't even be motivated to train. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Then a week before the open started, I partially tore my, uh, my labrum. And then in the second workout of the other, of the open, I tore my biceps tendon. And I was like, something's off. And it sent me into a rabbit hole. And I actually started uncovering the role of the HPA axis in all of this. And I started to understand stress inputs and the ability to create adaptation. And I started realizing that really what I had done was I destroyed my body's ability to adapt. And that all of these injuries and all of this lack of motivation was normal. This is what my body should be doing. It was signals that were sending to me. And then I started doing deeper explorations. I was the only one. And I realized there's a whole generation of CrossFitters that had learned about paleo in 2007 when Rob Wolf came in. And this is not discrediting Rob. Rob did not make these claims, right? And in fact, Rob has since recanted a lot of claims he did make. Um, and so like I play to him, I, I always appreciate when an expert will say they were wrong at one point. Um, right. But he, this is when he made paleo widely um, used in CrossFit. They got in bed with, with CrossFit. And a lot of CrossFitters from 2007 to 2013 were damaged by doing massive volume at high intensity using a paleo diet. And so in 2012, 2013, I went in the CrossFit space and I said, and I was met with so much resistance. And I always say I was the most hated CrossFit nutrition coach before I was the most loved because I went in, my ideas were radical at the time. They were very radical. And, and I went in and I said, you need synthetic carbohydrate. Like you need high molecular weight carbs. I said, you need to be eating things that are starches, meaning like not rice and potatoes, but like, it's okay to eat cereal and, and some, you know, some simple sugars at times. And everyone's like blasphemy, right? Like, like they, and so then like, there was a few people that trusted it and, and they were people that come from higher education backgrounds. And so I was very fortunate. This is, this is pure luck. I, I couldn't explain to you why it happened, but um, I was very fortunate that some top coaches put the trust of their athletes in my hands and I produced and I took them to the games and I had several athletes each year, like year after year, I had more and more athletes getting into the top 10 of the games. And all of a sudden people had to take notice of that one. Um, and, and then people just started accepting and they started looking at what I was saying. And I was saying it from a science point of view. I wasn't saying it from an opinionated point of view. I was just presenting yeah. facts. Yeah. Um, and, and when I started presenting the facts, they started to align. And I actually think if you look at, if you look at CrossFit today as an entity, they still refute what I say just because they're dogmatic in their approach. But um, if you look at those people that are active in the nutrition space of CrossFit, um, I would argue 99% of what's being taught was adopted from what we brought to the space. Um, and I'm still super proud of that. And I think there's a lot of people 
you know, you asked for like predictions in the future. I actually think you're going to see CrossFitters if the sport can remain. And that's a big question mark to me. Um, but if the sport remains, uh, I think you're going to see, you're going to see really crazy performances. Uh, anybody that studies a sport, I think this year is a great example already. Um, in like in the second open workout announcement, the guy that finished second last year, he lost to another guy, like a smoked. And if I had to go on record, the guy that lost in the open this year will have a much higher finish and may even win the games this year because he understands the timing and the peaking. He yeah. didn't look like he was in shape and he shouldn't be in shape at that time of the year. You just can't sustain your peak that long. Yeah. Right. And so I think that, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch this year unfold. Um, and, and so I, you know, again, though, I think a lot of those things have, uh, a lot of those ideas kind of came to fruition. So, but yeah, it was, it was personal firsthand experience that really like led me to all my beliefs. So, so I'm interested in seeing how that takes place too. Cause I know they've, they've changed up the, the structure a little bit, but so do you think that recovery is actually getting the love it deserves these days and people are starting to understand, and this is where you can kind of maybe bring in the triangle of awareness and, and how that operates, but is it finally coming along? Yes and no. Like, there's more awareness than there's ever been. But as with most things, the application is piss poor. Yeah. So, like, for instance, people are talking about cryo and, like, red light therapy and, you know, sauna, like, infrared saunas and, and, so, and, and like, parasympathetic inputs. Like, there's definitely more discussion around that. The problem is they're they're still not discussing the real root of the problem which in western culture we have an intensity and a stress problem and so like ever since crossfit 2007 the definition of a good workout has been do you leave the gym drenched in sweat like half dead and if you don't that wasn't a good workout and and that is just fundamentally lacking an understanding of stimulus and we're trying to stimulate. We're just trying to, you know, we're intentionally imposing a stress to facilitate an adaptation. We're not destroying you to try to facilitate adaptation. And in most cases, the destruction will not facilitate adaptation. It will only facilitate more problems. And so I think we're closer, but I still don't think we understand the whole continuum of stress and adaptation. And I think that's why we're seeing so many, we're still seeing so many issues, to be honest. Um, the crazy part to me is education as a whole is probably the best I've seen it since I've been in the industry, right? In 16 years. As a whole, I would say there's better information in the world. But again, like to, to my point, I think the application of this education is still really off, right? I still think we're five to six years away from people applying it universally in a way that is, you know, more accepting. I mean, dude, let's look at Peloton, right? probably the hottest fitness thing most people that are doing peloton the reason they're buying it is a convenience thing in their house right i know a lot of very high ranking c-suite executives that are like well i do peloton because they do it at like midnight or like 4 30 in the morning yeah you do realize that's maximal intensity for 45 to 60 minutes and so now you're taking that and you're taking a stress cup that was already nearly full just waking up in your life, right? Just with your day-to-day -day life, stress demands of your job, your relationship, your lack of sleep, your poor food choices, 
right? You're already super high stress and now we're now tacking on maximal intensity every single day. And you're wondering why your body's not changing. Well, you're just sending your body closer and closer to a survival mechanism. And, and just to remind you, we're humans, we're put on this earth to survive, thrive, and procreate, uh, not, not have six pack abs. So your survival mechanism is not to eliminate body fat. Your survival mechanism is to keep that so you can insulate your organs and you can survive and you can live. And, and that is massively missed in application. And, and so I think that, yeah, like we're, we're still at minimum five to 10 years away from, yeah. from really old. Yeah, but I mean, I totally agree. I, I mean, we're here in Washington, D.C., we know the stress and the strain of people's lives and the, the stress debt and sleep debt that they have on, on their table. Recovery debt is very real. And, and I would argue nine out of 10 people that come see me are heavy debt. Um, you know, and, and this just goes, this goes to like a periodized model, right? And I think that's one of our contributions to the space that I'm forever be proud about. But it's the notion that Every time you attempt a diet, every time you intentionally impose a stressor, you have to also intentionally create recovery, right? Every dose of stress requires a dose of recovery, period. We can't just, and so all the people that ever see this, you have to ask yourself, you've, you've intentionally tried how many diets? For most people, it's probably five plus, and that's being very generous, probably 10 plus, right? You've intentionally tried five plus, 10 plus diets. I'm gonna ask you a question. How many, in, how many intentional phases of recovery have you created? And the answer is probably zero. Yep. How many times have you to intentionally recover from a diet? Zero. You've never intentionally gotten your calories to maintenance. You've never recovered from the stress. And so every time you wonder why that diet's working less and less and less, and it becomes harder and harder and harder to lose weight until you get to the point to where no diet ever works, which is where a lot of people are. Yeah. And the, the, the reality is, and you and I both have gone through this firsthand, you're way better at it than I am. But the reality is the only way to escape it is to recover. Yeah. And, and recovery is usually contrary to what your goal is, right? Like your, your goal is to get leaner and recovery is sometimes gaining more weight. Recovery yeah. is sometimes not going to the gym. Recovery is sometimes eating more and sleeping more and doing less. And that's blasphemy in our minds, but it's the truth. And so it's, it's very difficult, man. It's, it it's one of the best things you'll go through. I agree. I agree. But let's, let's talk about training um, and move this into combining on a positive note, why training yeah. is so important still when it comes to our health and dieting. Yeah. I mean, listen, movement is massively important and we know that, right. Um, movement is massively important. Yeah. And, and we understand that. And we also understand like when we look at long-term daily energy expenditure, right? Every person has their own individual daily energy expenditure, four components, basal metabolic rate, thermic effective feeding, exercise, non-exercise, we get that. Um, to increase basal metabolic rate or to, to maintain a higher basal metabolic rate, we want more lean tissue. Lean tissue is the greatest indicator of BMR. So as somebody's aging and they're not resistance training, naturally they're losing lean tissue if they had any to begin with. And so that's why this whole like metabolic syndrome, I actually disagree with the premise of metabolic syndrome. I don't think that as you age, your metabolism declines. I don't think chronologically that you just metabolically shut down. 
I definitely agree with the decline in hormone levels and things like that. And that's just relative to preserving your body long-term, right? Those are survival mechanisms. But I don't think metabolically speaking, you actually lose BMR. I think that as we age, we're doing less things. We never had lean tissue to begin with and we're losing lean tissue. And I think that's the biggest contributor to us seeing our metabolism slow down, subsequent body fat gain. So if people would just resistance train three times a week, but not even anything crazy, I think they would actually fight that off for a way longer amount of time. And I think we'd see a lot healthier population. Uh, not to mention, like as we do, we lose mobility, we lose triplanar movement, right? And, and so many people, even when they're training, they don't train three planes of motion, right? They don't have coaches. You guys understand that they're so very like one plane. Um, and they're now all of a sudden you lack mobility and you're getting injured all the time. Like you bend down to pick something up off the ground, boom, like you pop your back. Like that sounds ridiculous, but how many people does it happen to? Right. Like not, you know, my, my dad's super, I, I come from a very unhealthy family. My dad's super unhealthy, never prioritized mobility. We went all the way out to Scotland to play golf, like trip of a lifetime. We're at St. Andrews, the home of golf. Like this is like the crowning achievement in my dad's life. He's about to play the most, like the, the best golf course in the world. And he goes to put his foot up on the bumper of the car to tie his shoe and he throws his back out an hour before we're supposed to play golf. Right? Yeah. Like that's not supposed to happen. It's no, it's no laughing matter, but yes. No, it's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And in my head, part of me was like, are you okay? Because it's my dad. But the other part was like, motherfucker, if you would have only done what I told you to do. Right? And it was, it was a really difficult time. Now, like very fortunate, we had some awesome caddies like that would put the ball on the ground for him and that would pull the ball out of the cup. Like that's actually what ended up happening. Like caddies had to bend down. He couldn't bend down. He could still swing, but he never, uh, he couldn't bend. And so we still had a great experience. It worked out great. But imagine that, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, imagine if he had young children after that. They couldn't bend oh, yeah. out and pick them up. Like, yeah. That helped my mom with things. Like, it's it's crazy. Um, and all it's committing yourself like three times a week, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'll be super open, man. Like, the point I'm at in my life, super busy. I have, you know, we're at top of multiple companies and they're all moving very quickly. I firmly believe if nothing else, getting a, a qualified trainer is the best decision somebody can make. It will extend your life. It will improve the quality of your life. And so many people look at it as an expense and I'm going to, I'm going to push all against that. Yeah. It's not an expense. It's an investment. Yeah. I know for me, and I've actually, I shared this with you. Like I'm in South Carolina. I'm in a small town right now, just cause I'm transitioning. I'm actually helping my dad. Right. And if I was in a position where there was a good, I, I thought there was like a good trainer near me, I would instantly make the investment. Number one, from accountability. Number two, it's going to make me better. And by the way, when I'm better, I my companies function better, right? Like I'm a better leader. I show up, I can produce more. And so, yeah, I might invest $2,000 a month, right? But that $2,000 a month investment is probably going to turn into $30,000 in profit because of how I'm able to lead my companies. And like the, the investment you're ever going to make. Oh, by the way, my daughter is going to see me five years longer. Yeah. Okay. There's no amount of money I'm going to put on that. Exactly. Oh, by the way, my father's super sick. I can be here to help him, right? Like all of those things. There's no, there's no dollar amount of money. I agree. And to continue to play golf and uh, continue to be able to play with your daughter. I mean, I understand both of those, and that's the reason I do it. Forever young, baby. That's it, man. Seriously, that's that's everything. I, I uh, 
I'm, like I said, I mean, beginning of the pandemic, I made a decision. How do I become better? And that's, that's one of those, you know, it's one of those components. And yeah. again, you know, for me, I'm still working against body image stuff. And so becoming better for me, I know like in, in an ideal world, if I could push the pause button, I would, you know, get my calories way up, probably gain some body fat, get more mobility. Like, like that's hard. But again, like I want, you know, when I move and I, you know, get roots and get through this phase of my life, like I will absolutely have somebody that is helping me with that. Um, as far as I've gotten on my own, just having that accountability would, would change everything for me. So yeah. It'll happen. That's right. I know we're up against some time here. So uh, one uh, last question uh, about the dieting industry, right? I know, I mean, you're, you're just, you're, doing so well helping so many people that are helping so many other people and changing the direction of things with with education and compliance but why is the diet industry failing its users and what needs to change for those users to actually get results yeah um just hearing you say the word diet i hear it differently than probably every other person that did when they heard this yep. they hear it and they think fat loss and, and I think that's the real root problem is everybody associates the word diet. They even associate the word nutrition, right? If I go out and, and I'm walking down the street in Times Square today and somebody says to me, what do you do? And I said, I help nutrition coaches. Their connotation is I help coaches teach people how to lose weight. Yeah. I, I don't do that. I mean, I do. It's a function of what I do. But I also teach coaches how to help people get healthier how to perform better, how to live longer, how to have better relationships, like how to improve their hormone profiles. Like that's all a function of nutrition. And so when we look at the diet industry, the, the problem is go pick up any magazine out there. Who's talking about food intake related to anything other than fat loss? And so nobody looks at their food intake for anything other than that reason. And then that, so that's a problem in and of itself. But that problem now deeper into a rabbit hole is not only are we discussing losing fat, we're perpetually discussing losing fat. So not only are we talking about it in the wrong context, we're talking about it in a context and we're now extrapolating infinite time to that context, which is horrible. Because if you're forever pursuing fat loss and you're living in a deficit, you're just living in infinite stress the rest of your life, you will die younger. Absolutely, you will die younger and you'll probably your goal. But I had abs. That's wrong. What's that? But I had abs. Well, you, maybe some people won't even get the abs. That's the real problem, exactly. right? Exactly. Some people won't even get to the abs. Right. And that's, that's an even bigger problem. So it's, um, yeah, dude, it's a massive problem. It is. It is, it is a huge, huge problem. Um, we're on the front lines. We're trying to fix it. We're trying to equip coaches with a length to get, get around it. Um, because so much of what we do as coaches is driven by our communication. Um, but yeah, it's, it's huge and it's not stopping anytime soon. That's a sad reality. So the takeaway message is don't diet forever. Have some kind of insight. The takeaway message is get a professional. What's that? The takeaway message is get a professional. Like yep. to, to be totally, and I'm not here saying hire a coach. You can't even hire me. Like, so I'm not here promoting my services at all. Right. We're, but we're for hire um, <laughs> yes, like, they should work with you but i mean yeah but, your point of like you were trying to get apps and you picked up these magazines like there was no application to it like you just tried your best and you just basically put yourself in a worse position 
not to mention knowing what I know today, I would have been the easiest client in the world, right? 18 year old, raging testosterone levels, never trained in his life, like yeah. early training. I mean, dude, I could have got jacked and ripped really easily, right? Yep. And, and I went into a rabbit hole given what the media gave me and I ended up anorexic. Like that's horrible. So yeah, I mean, what you think, you know, you likely don't know. And I think that the context, again, context is everything. It's one of the first things that I teach coaches, by the way, like when they ask me questions is understand the context of the question being asked because 90% of the time it's wrong. Um, and, and I think that any thinking about their own future ask yourself what is the context and if you can't properly define that then they gotta talk to somebody like you um so yeah. yeah dude i hope that i mean i hope that helps i hope this helps a lot of people and i hope it if nothing else i hope it was entertaining always always there, there's always snippets um that even i take every time that you talk i mean it's just like going to any anything in the fitness or nutrition field um there's always something i'm going to walk away with or or remember and then apply again and you always speak on such a high level and really bring it full circle all the time. So thank you. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. I yeah. am uh, just my next call now. I'm running a few minutes late, but that's all yeah. good. Thank you for your time. Um, as I mentioned, um, where I found you, I always direct people to because it's 90 minutes yeah. of knowledge drops on the rec on the uh, Jay Ferugia podcast episode 182 from um, August 7, 2017. But you do drop the hot bombs on Instagram. Um, that is always some good zingers and some good takeaways. Um, where where can people follow you? What's the best way just to hear you and see you in, in yeah. any capacity? Yeah, the fastest way is Instagram because I put everything up there. So just follow there at Jason Phillips is nutrition. Send me a DM, like leave me a comment, whatever. I'm usually pretty easy to get a hold of. So um that's the easiest way and then uh, any like upcoming announcements of where i'm speaking or where i'll be like those are those are usually on there so um i would even say like your youtube channel is awesome as well if you want like little five minutes that's and you, long. your google talk was hot yeah first that's the, everybody loves that one, so. yeah. um and uh, hopefully we can get you back here at ambitious hopes another yeah, one that would be that'd be great i know um I know demand for a level two coming up. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll talk about that, but uh, I would love yeah, it. Love uh, we'd love to get back there and just uh, whatever we can do to serve at the end of the day, it's, it's impact over everything. However we can serve, just let us know. Dude, you're awesome. Seriously, Appreciate love you, talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. Have a wonderful start to your week. Appreciate it. And you guys enjoy. Um, let me know wherever I can post this up and we'll, uh, we'll get it out there for you guys. And if you guys are in the DC area, listen, like I've coached, thousands of people literally thousands of businesses in my life like there are very few i would recommend as highly as i do theirs um and so if you are on these because even if you're remote and you guys want to work with them like this is not i'm not paid to say this like this is trust me when you start following me a lot you'll know i'm as honest as they come um like there is very few people i would recommend as highly as i do them and so just take the chance reach out um get the accountability move yourself forward like absolutely do it um, so I appreciate you guys and your time and uh, hope you guys have an amazing morning. Appreciate you. Thank Perfect. You. Got you, man. Thank you so much. Bye, dude. Have a wonderful you day. Got it, brother. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, you got it.